So yeah, first, tell me uh, just your thoughts. Doug retiring, both about him leaving, but but B, you know, just the guy that he is. Yeah, we could spend a lot of time on what Doug's done, not only for this conference, but college basketball. He's been on every committee, so well respected in, in college basketball ranks across the country. But his commitment, um, his vision, his fight for the Missouri Valley Conference over the years. I mean, he, we owe him a lot. And 33 years I, I, is a long time to do anything. But especially this job with so many changes, um, you have to adapt, you have to adjust. You know, the finances part of it is so important for every conference, but our conference managing those things and his commitment to uh, certainly basketball, but all student athletes. You know, we're going to miss Doug. He did such a great job. I'm glad that I got to be a head coach here while he was still commissioner. Um, I really appreciated getting to know him more and uh, certainly congratulate him on his retirement. Yeah, such an amazing guy. Uh, there's been so much going on before we talk schedules and basketball and all that, so much going on uh, in the racial inequality thing that I know you guys are working hard at there at Illinois State. Uh, with the Breonna Taylor thing announcement yesterday and fresh sets of, <clears throat> excuse me, riots there in Louisville, uh, I don't know what, you know, if you've had an opportunity to have a response from your players and and, and what maybe you're planning on doing with your players in conjunction with the stuff you've already been working on? Yeah, Harry, you know, uh, not only discussions about race and social justice, but about most important topics uh, that happen in our, our players' lives. We just, it's an, it's an ongoing discussion. You know, one thing is we don't wait till something happens to start discussing issues. And I think that's how you develop trust. But more importantly, I think that's how you help how you help your your guys grow. Um, I always tell my guys, I want to try to help teach them how to think. And I don't want to teach them what to think with regards to their perceptions and their opinions on important issues in life. I'm going to try to teach them how to think basketball. <laughs> no problem with that. Um, so whether it's what's happened recently or what's happened over the last four months, five months, six months, you know, we pretty much talk about everything but it's not the first time we've talked about these issues. And I certainly need to do a better job. I think we always all need to do a better job at help uh, dialogue with uh, any sensitive topic, but specifically when we talk about uh, racial justice and equality, um, you know, that's something that we all have to continue to grow on. And so I grow as we try to help them, our, our players grow. So um, we got good guys on the, in this team. And the more we get to know each other, the better for our team. But we also want to help them grow in all aspects of life. Such a difficult time, particularly in our nation, but in particular for our young men, uh, young African-American men are facing a lot of other kinds of things. And hopefully for old white guys like me, we, we, can, we can also be a part of the process to, to do better, you know, to improve. And, and well, we definitely can. Yeah. I mean, that's, we, we, we all can be a part of the process for improvement. With, with anything in our country, but specifically with regards to treatment of others, and uh, which this really is what it comes down to is how you treat others, others who don't look like you, others who don't act like you, others who are from where you're from. And most importantly, Harry, I think one of the really difficult things for anybody to understand is how somebody grew up, right? I don't know how Brian Reese on my staff grew up. We've talked a lot about it. He's told me but I haven't experienced those things and vice versa. And the same thing with all of our players. So 
um, I, I've, I've learned to really uh, not just open relationships with that mindset, but try to continue as a head coach when I'm making decisions on players and their behaviors. I don't know how he grew up. So I can't judge, nor can I expect perfection, nor the, uh, they ever do. But so many people look at how they grew up and don't understand how somebody else thinks differently. And you get in trouble with that because we all have different backgrounds, which forms our ideas and our mindsets and, and more importantly, different experiences. So today I think is the 20 year anniversary of the release of the Remember the Titans movie. Are you a Remember the Titans guy? I love the Remember the Titans and what a great movie. It will stand the test of time, but um, 20 years. Wow. How about that? Yeah. We, I, uh, we watch it three or four times a year, no doubt. I yeah, mean, it's, it's probably terrific. more than that, but, but, but at least three or four. It is terrific. My favorite, there's a lot of great moments, but my favorite is the, the no fun. <laughs> no fun sir no fun sir how much fun no fun, no fun. <laughs> absolutely we quote that movie non-stop in our house just something will happen and and somebody will say oh now you're thinking you know <laughs> it's right we, uh, we do it Denzel, all he's one of the best absolutely the best so uh in the midst of everything last week they made an announcement you know okay basketball is going to start november 25th which means practices can start October, whatever, uh, now scramble to make a schedule happen, scramble to find out about the MTEs and all that. Talk to me about progress, obstacles, things going on in terms of you putting together a schedule. Yeah, you know, I, I as head coaches or as coaching staff, we were all prepared just to, once we figured out what we were allowed to do to proceed. Um, some games we thought we would be able to keep. Obviously, some games have to change, whether it's a late start date or whether it's changing your MTE. And so one of the things that I've really appreciated is every head coach I've talked to that's been on our schedule has been very understanding, as have we. If you've got a game scheduled, and for whatever reason, you just can't make it work. It's just, okay, I understand. Let's figure out next year. Now, obviously, most years you can't do that. You schedule a game, you're contracted, you can't call a guy and, in July and say, hey, I don't think I can make that game work. Let's move it. But because of the unique situation we're all in, um, really everybody's been great, which helps you when you have to make adjustments with your schedule. Um, I think the biggest thing for our players uh, is they now know. We thought we'd know kind of when the start date was, but now that they know the official first practice, the official first game starts, although they don't know the, our first game because we haven't finished the schedule, I think there's a little bit of sense of, of relief and calm, kind of like, okay, it's going to happen. We're going to play games. And then we get our 12 weeks, which started. I, I thought the 12 weeks would start next, next week, um, but they, they started immediately. And now that gives us the chance to catch up because, you know, we usually get all our guys here mid-June, and they didn't get here till late July. Something. We didn't have our full team on the court. Literally, last week was the first time we had our every player on our team on the court. Finally, so, some of those international guys showing up. Huh? Yeah, we had one run from Russia that, uh -huh. that was really having a hard time, you know, getting over because of flights and and, and laws, whether it was United States or, or Russian. Um, but then we had quarantine guys. You know, we had guys that we had sicknesses. So they all kind of combined to stretch things out. 
so that 12 weeks is really going to be beneficial. And it also allows us to get their bodies acclimated because our guys are not in the shape they normally are in, in September. And so we're allowed to take some things slowly, gradually increase our, our intensity. And once we get to practice, I think we'll be good to go health-wise. So I'm excited about – it's fun, too. I mean, not – you just miss not being in the gym together. Uh, you miss not being, being able to continue to develop the relationships and, and developing trust amongst player coach and player player. So it's, it's, uh, it's been great. Another thing I want to kind of point out is, you know, you look at like on our campus, you know, our students are on in town, you know, they're in the dorms they're in apartments, but 80, 85% of our classes are online. So, your average student just sits in the apartment all day. It's so unhealthy. I, I really worry about the mental health of all of those young adults and kids. So for our guys to be able to just go to the gym to mm. lift, go to the gym to work out, whether it's two hours a day, one hour a day, three, three hours a day, it, it, it provides so much mental health positivity. It's, you cannot, underestimate how important that is for our players and how much I feel for those students who are just sitting at home all day. And so I, I worry about that for, for a lot of people. Um, but I'm really blessed. We're blessed and I'm appreciative that our guys at least be able to, are, are allowed to do that. Uh, any games that you, do you have any games that are absolutely for sure that you can tell us about? Yeah. The only one I, the one I can tell you for sure is, <laughs> We, we, I say for sure, nothing's for sure yet. Well, yeah, right. I'm with you. We're talking about, you know, right now we're talking to different, they're calling them bubbles. As people say, they're not actually bubbles that you're going to play in They're even though we're calling them those, but we're talking to still a few different MTE slash bubbles that might work out for us better. We were in the Cancun challenge. Almost certainly we won't be in that because we have to fly to Florida because it was going to be, flight. they moved it to Orlando, I thought, right? Yeah, they moved it, not Orlando, they moved it to, um, good gracious, now I forget. It's on the West Coast. Um, I, I forget which city they moved it to. In Florida, though. Uh -huh. But it, it's just travel-wise and things, it's not going to work out for us. Budget-wise, travel-wise, health-wise for our team. So we're looking at different things we can, we can travel to. But at Ball State, we're almost positive we'll keep our game at Ball State. Beautiful. <laughs> And I, I, I honestly, even though I can only tell you that right now, I think by next Friday, I don't know when you're going to release this, but I think by, by next Friday, I think we'll basically have our schedule done. So I think it will go pretty fast for most things. That's good to hear. Really good to hear. Uh, what, what are you guys doing there? I mean, like you're doing all the standard stuff. You're taking their temperatures every day when you see them in the gym and all of that. Um, have you got any kind of guidance maybe from the league, from the Valley, about this is what you should be doing more than any of the rest of us know, or are all of your commands kind of coming from the university? I, I guess I'm asking a structure yeah. question. As of right now, they're coming from the university because there's not any Valley sports competing in competition right now. I, I know that the Valley is working on close to and probably already has the specific protocol once we get into competition. Um, but until then, um, we are following, you know, the NCAA has put out basic uh, guidelines, suggestions, I would say. So we're following those plus some, as you said, temperature checks, symptom checks every single day. We have to wear wristbands. Our guys have to wear masks when they lift 
everywhere except when they're on the court. You know, as coaches, we wear masks pretty much everywhere. And then we do get tested um, sometimes every couple weeks. Uh, that'll, of course, ramp up once we start practices officially. But we're, we're certainly trying to be conscious of what we're doing health-wise and mostly conscious of other people. But uh, our administration has been great. Um, Larry Lyons, Leanna Bordner's, and John Munn is our head trainer. But they've kind of put things together. And a shout out to all administrators who are, and, and trainers who are navigating yeah. this. And, 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 and so much information, so many important decisions to make to put in protocol for our student athletes and our coaches. So our administration has been unbelievable with communication with that, but also with with uh, putting the protocol together to keep us all as safe as we can be. Final thought about that stuff is, does it make sense when you're thinking scheduling is to think, man, how many schools are around me that are really a good matchup for us to play that are in Illinois? Because yes. the rules are gonna be the same in your state. You know, in Illinois is, is a little bit narrow just because obviously it narrows it down, although we do have a number of divisional teams in our state. But close, you know, states that are close, um, we, uh, I would say 95%, we're not going to fly anywhere. Now, we haven't been told by our administration we can't, but um, those driving distance games keeps it close. And, you know, when you get in the Midwest, the, the states that are, that we're connected to, there's not a huge difference as far as worrying going to one state and have the quarantine when you get back. So um, we, we're, we feel pretty confident about our non-conference schedule, what it's going to look like. And as I said, I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to be flying anywhere uh, in that non-conference. And then once we get to conference, we're lucky. We're, we're pretty centrally located. So I think our conference travel will be very manageable for all of our schools. And hopefully four months from now, three months from now, it just looks a lot different also. And so – uh, so much is going to change between now and January when we start conference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you said a couple of when we get exposed to the COVID, then we got to go sit someplace or be quarantined for a little bit. Have you had to go through a little bit of that with your guys? I don't know if any of them have yeah. contracted it, but at least been exposed, whatever. So, okay, you you go over there for a little while. Yeah, we've had uh, obviously we'll talk specifics, but we've certainly had guys who have been tested positive. Isolation. We've had a number of guys who've been in quarantine. Um, we had two times since July, mid-July, that we shut the entire program down for a couple weeks uh, because of the number of quarantine guys or positive cases that we had, which is fine. You know, you have to be able to adjust. And you know, I made it. I can't. I I was at peace very early with. Whatever our medical staff tells us, that's what we do. There's, I don't get upset about it. If a guy on our team tests positive, I don't get mad at him. You know, things happen. Um, we certainly talk about making good decisions socially with our players. But I don't want them locked up in their <laughs> dorms all day either. I mean, that's not mentally healthy. Right. And so uh, there's, a, there's a, a balance you have to kind of figure out. But we have had guys, as you said, that have quarantine, have been in isolation. And you just lose – I mean, you lose a lot of conditioning. You lose uh, rhythm. 
and that's just kind of what this year is going to be like. I am op optimistic and very hopeful, but when we play games, the testing will be at the standard to where uh, the contact tracing and the isolation, or I'm sorry, the quarantining will be very isolated by then because um, a lot of that will come down to states. Um, but if you look at some of the professional leagues, NFL, Major League Baseball, they have contact tracing rules because they're testing so often that is very manageable. Um, so I think that's the big question for college basketball is how we handle the contact tracing and the quarantining within conferences or if it's going to be for school. Uh, I don't want to keep you super long. I want to ask you a couple of basketball things. Um, you know, we know a number of your guys, you know, saw them play quite a bit last year. But talk to me about Josiah Strong and uh, Cy Chapman. Yeah, Josiah, well, those are too many episodes. Uh, Josiah Strong uh, went to Navy out of high school, then went to junior college at Iowa Western last year. We don't get a whole lot of Navy JUCO transfer guys. Uh, <laughs> but everybody's got their own journey and path. And so the unique part is that Josiah's kind of seen the opposite ends of the spectrum with structure types of environment. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a combo, more of a two than a one, big time shooter, unbelievable worker, uh, very mature with his approach to everything, academics, life, basketball, has a chance to be a leader on our team, really talented. Uh, terrific kid. And then Cy Chapman, as of right now, will have to sit out for a year. Uh, whether that changes or not, I don't know. Uh, very athletic. Um, still learning how to be a, a consistent player, consistent approach to the game, but unbelievable talent. And, and I'm really glad he's here. Certainly, we're just trying to help him improve. And, you know, we've got a number of, of other newcomers as, you know, we're kind of half and half newcomers, returners. Uh, but we, we certainly think we have some impact newcomers. And then our returners have all just gotten better and done a great job in this time. Uh, certainly some, some returners with great playing experience, uh, three starters, um, three, four guys that finished games every game last year. So we're still trying to be led by those guys. When I think about that and I think about the year that Fisher had, he seemed to kind of land at the end of the year in a good place. And, and, and I know you're expecting big things from him. And then the same kind of thought about Boyd. Those are two guys that I, pro I probably expected a lot more of last year yeah. than, than you got. And yet you still saw flashes. And, and at the end of the year, for, for, from Fisher in particular, you saw some of the maturation of it all. Yeah, you know, Harry, it's almost like you watch games in the Valley. You kind of know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm very impressed. <laughs> I do watch uh, a few. That's good. You're spot on, Keith. You know, Keith um, is such a unique, special person and, and competitor and player. Um, Keith, and people know this now, so we didn't talk about it. Keith is a father now and, and uh, was a father the week after the conference tournament um, and going to be a great father, I want to say that, first of all, uh, with his long, long-time girlfriend. And so um, Keith struggled at the beginning of the year. His entire life changed back in, back in, I imagine. in August. And, um, you know, I'm not making excuses for him, but something that a lot of people don't, you know, as, as they say, you know, you never know the person that you run into during the day, what they're dealing with. And you never know who the person who's helping you at a store, if they have a bad attitude, what they've got going on in life. And I think that's important to remember. 
I'm not great at remembering that sometimes. But as fans, you never know what's going on in a 20-year-old's <laughs> life. Right. And right. so um, Keith got off to a tough start and really struggled with confidence, but never stopped working, never stopped leading. In his last 12 games, he was 13-7, and 75% seven, for foul line, 40% for three, really finished strong, as you said. And, and he's gotten better. Um, he's settled in. He's comfortable with where things are at. And he's doing an unbelievable job in life. So we absolutely expect a lot from him. Dedrick had some ups and downs. You said it started off great. Really kind of hit a tough, really tough stretch. Had a couple really good games, then got hurt. Hurt his knee, bone bruise, right when we were starting to play well. And losing him hurt us a lot. Um, we lost him at halftime of the Valpo game. We had won, we had, we had won a couple games. We were up, up big. Of course, we, we, we gave that game away. But uh, Dedrick's had a good offseason also. So definitely being led by our, our returners. We've got talented returners. Of course, our two young guards, with Antonio Reeves and DJ uh, Horn, and then uh, Abdul Njai, sorry, Abdul Jai, had a, a lot of great time and experience also. That, the, the proverbial sophomore slump versus – Man, he's got one year in. Now he's going to explode. You're right. <laughs> which, which is it for Antonio? I'm voting on one year in. He's ready to explode <laughs> for both those guys. And I um, – okay, so you're right about sophomore slump because you, you kind of go one way or the other. And there's two reasons. Number one, people know what to expect. Their scout reports are out. You're more of a focal point defensively because usually you lose some older guys. Um Number two, you can be just as good and you think it's a slump because maybe your, your numbers don't go up dramatically, which is normal. But I think with those two guys, I think the, the kind of important thing for both, which will help propel them and have even better years is as good a years as they had and DJ finished unbelievably strong, their roles are significantly different this year. And that's going to not only give them the opportunity to grow, but kind of put some pressure on them and force them to grow because we need them both to step up and be better, and they've gotten better. And so I'm – they're both great kids, great workers. I absolutely expect both those guys to be um, very good this year, everyday guys, and not to put pressure on them, but we, we kind of need that, and they embrace that. Uh, I'll let you go, but uh, recruiting right now has got to be – What? Recruiting? What's that? That's what I mean. It's got to be just <laughs> – it's got to be just crazy, absolutely 100% different than all, all other times. You know, Harry um, – it, it is. We have one senior, so we are in unique position um, where it's – you could say it's a great year for that to happen. So, so when you look at it, you always look – try to look half glass half full, right? So I look at, hey, we only have one senior. We really are in a great situation. Um, Roster-wise, we've got really good balance of, of positions, and we can be picky. So it's a great time for it to happen. If we needed a lot of scholarships, I'd be sitting here telling you, look, it's a great opportunity to steal some guys, <laughs> get some guys that are better maybe than you could, that, you know, don't blow up because of the situation. So it's, you're going to look at it as a coach. At least that's how I look at it. Some coaches are pessimists. They look at it negative either way. Um, but it has been very different. I'll tell you the best thing about it. We've been around our players, which we need to be because we miss so much time with them more than ever before because we're not on the road. I mean, normally start September 9th, I'd be on the road two, three days a week and be missing workouts. Um, 
everything's different because we're all here. And so it's been such a great time to, to develop those relationships and try to catch up some on the court. But as I said, we're in pretty good shape recruiting wise. And then they factor in the most likely fact that next year, the immediate eligibility rule will, will probably change. And so I think a lot of schools recruiting philosophies will change with that. So it's, it's a, it's a unique year with a lot for a lot of reasons, but, I feel bad for the uh, the 2021 recruits. I, I hope that they don't panic. Um, and I I just hope in the end, they end up in a good place. Yeah. Appreciate your time. I hope you enjoy the rest of your beautiful day up there. Harry, it's always good to see you. Appreciate what you do for our league. And um, as we started off with this, uh, we, we just thank Doug Elgin for the time he's put in, the hours, the work, how much he's fought for our league. And it's big shoes to fill. And it's an important decision for our conference uh, that we, and I know we will, but we get in here a leader that will continue to progress our league and help our league grow and uh, such great history in this league. Uh, we're in good shape right now. I think we're going to be very good this year. I think our league's going to be good, but it's an opportunity as always to grow. Appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Valley Hoops Insider Podcast. Remember, you can like, subscribe, etc. to the podcast. Feel free to visit our website, valleyhoopsinsider.com. Remember, since you've been there, make it a better place. I'm Harry Schrader. We'll see you again real soon.